and gentlemen, welcome to the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast Playoff Edition. Your host, Alan Byrne, alongside as ever, Boo Werns himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, what's going on? All good, Alan. All good. How are you this week? Um, interesting uh, week in the NFL. It was an insane week in the NFL. Uh, as to how I'm doing, I'm not doing too good. I had a very poor fancy weekend, uh, but we'll get into that. It was poor fancy all around for a lot of folks anyway. And uh, yeah, strange all week 15. Yeah, uh, very strange for everyone, basically, except one person. And yeah, it was out in the NFL. It was out in fantasy. We've got some, uh, some things to talk about. We sure do. So let's get right into the news. But let me hit you with some knowledge. Week 15 in the NFL, as we said, was a bizarre week, kicking off on last Wednesday with the massive news that Urban Meyer, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, fired by Shad Khan and the Jacksonville organization. A lot of stories came out uh, about this guy over the season, of course, leaving his team behind uh, and letting them go home while he stayed to mess around uh, with some young blonde lady in Ohio uh, earlier in the season. But the story that seemed to break the camel's back involved kicker Josh Lambeau. What do you know? Yeah, um, Josh Lambeau reported that in preseason he was stretching and he was kicked by Urban Meyer. And only a pain threshold of 5 out of 10, but enough to get you sacked in the NFL. Yeah, well, apparently Lambeau reported this the following day to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but uh, they seem to let it slide. But uh, it's coming out now on top of all the heat and everything that's going on with Meyer is enough to get him to can. Yeah, the media, once the media got a hold of this story, I mean, it spiraled and obviously went against uh, Urban Meyer. But look, he um, should have been fired for just poor coaching anyway. So, um, yeah, lots uh, lots going against him and looks like he might not get that payout from uh, from his contract or anything like that, I'd say. that's That story isn't over yet. They'll be going to court and all sorts. Yeah, it's going to rumble on. He he came out after the Lambo thing to kind of defend it, said that's not the way it happened, and I have eyewitnesses and whatever. But apparently, the eyewitnesses uh, didn't refute that he kicked him, only by how hard he kicked him. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's just they're they're not the kind of witnesses you really want on the, on your side. Well, look, it's he's a college coach used to. You know, essentially bullying his way through the system. But you can't do that in the NFL. You don't... Essentially, you don't have as much power. I mean, you still have an owner to answer to. You know, when you're in a college football team and you're the head coach, you kind of can lord that over, you know, the dean of your college and all that kind of stuff. Like, cause especially in those bigger football programs, they're bringing so much money into the college. Kind of have a little bit of a free reign there. But uh, that doesn't happen in the NFL. Maybe not, but if the Jacksonville Jaguars are eleven and two and not two and eleven, he's still in a job. Um, I don't think you'll have. If they were eleven and two, you wouldn't have this much uh, disrupting camp, and you know what I mean. There wouldn't be all these little arguments going on, and you know, essentially, got to the point where 
it seemed like people he wouldn't have lost the locker room for starters, which is a big thing. Like I mean, then the players are all going to keep their mouth shut. Like yeah, but like you know, players are willing to talk freely about when the locker room was lost. Like they have no respect for him or whatever. Indeed, and you'd like to hope that a new coach going in there is going to uh, get us the best out of Trevor Lawrence, who uh, has been touted as a generational talent to QB, certainly hasn't looked at so far this season. Yeah, well, you'd hope that for him in particular. I mean, you know what I mean? He's he's a lot to live up to and clearly hasn't been living up to any of it at all, really. So, you know what I mean? It's It'd be hate to see uh, you know a young man like himself you know, flitter away his career because of a uh, poor team management or anything like that yeah he's still going to find it tough in Jacksonville no doubt but of course the other big news that dominated uh, the build up to the NFL week 15 matchups was of course Uncle COVID the Omicron variant sweeping across the United States as it is sweeping across the world disrupted games uh, the Raiders Browns moved from Saturday night to Monday night the Eagles v. the Washington football team and the Seahawks Rams were moved from Sunday to Tuesday, but multiple players missed out playing this weekend, including the Cleveland Browns, who had a reported 18 players missing due to the COVID outbreak. Yeah, a uh, crazy week. Um, you know, we saw some of this last year as well. Um, I feel like the NFL did a great job, really, to get the games on. In a, in a timely manner, in a sense. Uh, if you look at other sports, not really the case. Uh, games being postponed with no really future date for the replay in mind. But, uh, you know, the NFL just able to shuffle around things and uh, just extend the week a couple of days. Indeed they did. And, of course, week 15 saw the end of the annual bye week. So we had a full schedule of games played. Thursday through Tuesday this week, Thursday night, kicked off with a shootout. An overtime win for the Kansas City Chiefs at the LA Chargers, 34-28. Travis Kelsey putting on a clinic, 190 yards, two touchdowns. And, uh, oh, Chiefs are now rolling. Seven games on the bounce, top of the AFC. Yeah, uh, an exciting way to start the start off the week, um as one of the better games of the weekend, as we'll see. But yeah, Mahomes was slinging. Um, Kelsey was uh, catching him. Hill had a day. And, you know, the Chargers, um, you know, they gave him a run for their money, went to overtime. Um, this is going to be an exciting duel between uh, Herbert and Mahomes for uh, many years to come. Um, you know what I mean? We're not going to be short of uh, these kind of shootout games when it comes to these two quarterbacks. But yeah, Chiefs looking hot, and uh, I wouldn't want to be playing them in the in any sort of playoff game. Yeah, for sure. But Chargers, as you say, rightly going to put it up to them. Saturday night, we got a big game. The Indianapolis Colts hosted the New England Patriots, and they put the Patriots to the sword. 27-17 is the final score, but maybe a little bit flattering for the Pats. They did not look uh, ready to go in this one. Jonathan Taylor rushed for a touchdown for an 11th straight game that's tied third single season streak since 1950 he is a baller yeah he's an absolute unit um colts pretty much controlled this game from the start uh as you said pats kind of came in back into it late but uh just flattering the scoreline more than anything like that uh some garbage time points 
really the Patriots didn't look prepared. You know, their typical scheme is on defense, they're going to take away your best weapon. Clearly, the Colts' best weapon is, is JT and unstoppable. Um, maybe that just goes to show you how uh, good JT is. But look, um, not much passing even from the Colts. They didn't need to rely on the pass game even. Uh, Wentz only completed five passes for less than 60 yards and you still lose them by 10. Not a good look for the Patriots. Especially with all the uh, rumblings in the last few weeks of them being on a roll and getting in the playoffs and um, all that kind of stuff. Um, they want to get the finger out next week after a performance like that. Absolutely. Well, look, the Indianapolis Colts basically used the blueprint that the Patriots used on the Bills just prior to the uh, prior to the playoff game, or prior to the bye week, I should say. Uh, just run the ball and don't need to rely on the, the throw. Yeah, absolutely. But the Patriots then, you know, being behind all the time, couldn't rely on what they do, whether, uh, you know, built off the run game and, and solid defense, put the ball a lot in Mac Jones's hands. And, uh, you know, he wasn't able to he wasn't able to get it done, really. Uh, it's as simple as that. 26 and 45 for uh, 299. He had uh, two picks, uh, just wasn't able to get it done. And do you know what I mean? It's worrisome for Pats fans going into a playoffs with a rookie quarterback. Indeed. A shootout, a really entertaining game was uh, the Dolphins hosting the uh, New York Jets. Dolphins coming away with the win 31-24, to now won six straight. Started the season 1-7, and now 7-7, right in the playoff mix. Uh, and the Jets just being the Jets. Yeah, uh, great game here actually from the Panthers. Um, they played uh, quite well really. Uh, I know, again, look, they're playing the Jets, uh, not the biggest deal. But, uh, look, a surprising, um, a surprising running back coming into this game was uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, had a real nice day on the ground for the Dolphins. Uh, over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Um, they definitely missed the likes of Jalen Waddell at, at receiver. But, uh, you know, Parker had a nice day. Gasicki made some nice catches again. Isaiah Ford. You know, the... I wouldn't be sleeping on the Dolphins now. They're a tough matchup for anyone. Two has uh, really got them rolling since he came back. And if they can keep a consistent run game as well, um, we know they've been playing good defense. So they're going to be a tricky matchup. Indeed they will. Shocking result out of Detroit, Michigan. The Lions hammering the NFC's top team, Arizona Cardinals, 30 points to 12. Reynolds, 112 yards is the most by a player in his first game starting for Detroit since 1980. And he just ran over this Cardinals team. Yeah, uh, crazy game. He ran over them. Goff was highly efficient. I mean, these things are not things we're used to seeing uh, in Detroit. Um, Cardinals just, they never got going at all. Not from... You know, they were behind early and they never able to recover. Uh, really bad look for them. We spoke about many times about their high-firing offense, but uh, it was really on the back burner this week. Uh, no Hopkins. Um, Kirk had a nice day, but uh, worry, worry some times now for, uh, for the Cardinals. They need to uh, recover quickly. Yeah, they sure do, and uh, they've got a, a tough run down the stretch as well, but the Detroit Lions, look, they are one score away from 
possibly been six and seven or seven and six. You know, they lost games by the thinnest of margins this season, and uh, when they get going, they get going good. Yeah, but look, um, sometimes when you're losing that many games uh, by one score margins, it's at you, not at your luck. Um, there are many players on their team, um, maybe not as talented as you might want as a, as a Detroit fan, but look, they've got an ISO, the makings of an ISO line there, uh, which is producing a strong run game. We've seen Swift all year having a, a nice games and... Look, there's stuff to build on there, but uh, whether Goff is the man to go forward, um, they definitely need a lot of help on defense too. Yeah, for sure. The Buffalo Bills entertained the Carolina Panthers and duly put them to the sword, 31-14. to Cam Newton, again, really not performing this one for Carolina, whereas Josh Allen continues to do the business for Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's eight wins this season all have been by more than 15 points. But the uh, this game had a had a bizarre moment uh, before the kickoff. Yeah, um, so some early injury news here was that Zane Gonzalez got injured in the warm-up for Carolina, leaving them with no kicker. And they held open kick-out tryouts tryouts pre-game um, anyone at any position could volunteer to take kicks and they had some, some hilarious moments come from that guys went out trying to kick the ball I don't how athletes of this caliber can't even kick a ball is beyond me some laughable ones now trying to do kickoffs and they just dribbling along the ground kicking field goal range a mile wide oh Terrible, terrible. Yeah, and it ended up with, a, I think, a wide receiver doing the kickoffs. But I fail to understand how the punter isn't uh, adequately able to kick a field goal from 30 yards or to kick off the ball uh, to start the game. Yeah, a bit of a joke. And, you know, probably something... Uh, this isn't the first time this has happened this year, I feel like, that a, a kicker has went down and, you know, teams had no one to take placed kicks. Uh, some teams, their punter does the kickoffs. So how? I think it's something teams are going to be looking at in the future. That kind of your punter should at least be able to take kickoffs and you know kick extra points and things like that, just in case your uh, kicker goes down. It's a bit yeah. baffling, really. It sure is. Also baffling was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans game. It was a poor game. Steelers end up winning it 19 to 13. The Steelers still alive in the AFC despite looking like a really poor team. And the Titans just inconsistencies dogging this team from being clear top of the AFC. Yeah, well with the Titans here, so what happened was they obviously lost a lot of their bigger players, Derrick Henry included, and the defense really stepped up after that. Had some really couple of really nice weeks. Kept the win streak going, you know. Had them top of the pile in their division, but that defense, you know, the holes, the cracks are starting to appear in it. And with the offense not being as uh, high firing as we've seen at the start of the year, given all the injuries, um, they're really not able to keep it going. Now, look, the Steelers are poor, and it seems like. You know, one or two standout players is keeping their season afloat. Um, I think they're playing particularly hard 
they don't want Tomlin to have that losing season. I think uh, they're playing really hard to not uh, come away with a losing season, uh, whether they get in the playoffs or not. Probably not, um, you know, relevant really. They're not. They're not good enough. But I think they're going to be playing hard to see out the year and not not let Tomlin have a losing season. Never had one while he's been there. So, you know, it's a big thing for uh, for teams like Pittsburgh. They're pretty uh, blue collar. Indeed. It was a basement battle in Jacksonville as the 2-11 Jaguars took on the 2-11 Texans, but the Texans blowing their opposition away 30 points to 16. Houston now won eight straight games against the, their division rivals, and Brandon Cooks had himself a day. Yeah, pretty much the highlight of this game was Brandon Cooks. Texans took a, a real early lead. They were up 14 nothing pretty early in the fourth or in the first quarter. And, uh, you know what I mean, not much uh, else to be seen here. Finally, we saw uh, Jacksonville uh, post Urban Meyer hand the ball several times to James Robinson. He had a nice little day, uh, 18 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and look, the run game is obviously going to help uh, Trevor Lawrence as well. Possibly another first overall pick next year. The Jaguars jump from third in the list up to first after this result and a win. For the Lions, elsewhere, the Dallas Cowboys got another win over the Giants. That's nine of the last ten games against the Giants. They win a Cowboys 21, Giants 6. Another poor enough game, though. Cowboys didn't look great, uh, but still come away against poor opposition with the W. Yeah, probably just playing a little bit down here to their opposition. But, uh, you know, the Giants were poor. Um, we know Mike Lennon uh, hasn't been great in his career, despite the money he makes, especially from Chicago. Um, but yeah, uh, really poor, really from the Giants, and you know the Cowboys do enough uh, without looking spectacular. But look, don't need to be putting it all in in a game like this. Indeed, the Bengals got a huge win on the road at the Broncos, fifteen to ten. Again, it was a real kind of sluggy match, but um, the Bengals get that much-needed victory. The Broncos have lost seven games this season. Four of those games have been against AFC North opponents. They're 0-4 against the North. Yeah, another uh, weird enough game here, really. Um, low scoring. You know, and both teams never seem to be uh, really, you know, tuned into the game. There's a bit, everyone was a bit hit and miss. Um, it was just, uh, it was a little kind of, there was a bit of rough watching in there, I have to say. It sure was. Not so rough watching if you're a 49ers fan. They steamrolled the Atlanta Falcons 31-13. to They've now won three straight games at home after losing eight of the previous nine games in front of their home fans. But they are beginning to pick up a head of steam. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, they, they are what they've been for, you know, two years. They're a run-eccentric team. Um, come back to the pass when they need to. They have some really nice check down guys. Obviously, George Kittle, when he's fit and on his day, um, totally unstoppable. But uh, you know, Jeff Wilson pretty much ran um, all over uh, Atlanta here, who uh, didn't put up much opposition really. Um, you know, they've been pretty weak this year uh, throughout the year, and you know, obviously, we we know about Calvin Ridley being out, uh, trying to work on his mental health and such. So. 
you know, they're missing some uh, some guys, and uh, their defense hasn't been uh, that great this year either. But a uh, nice win for the Niners, keeping them right in that mix, especially with that Cardinals uh, losing their game. Yeah, indeed, yeah. And uh, with the Falcons, uh, they were poor on Sunday and have been poor for a lot of the time I've seen in this season. Yet their record is 6-8. and eight. It's uh, it's almost hard to believe had they beaten the 49ers, they're level with them, 7-7, seven and, seven, and in a playoff spot. Uh, it's just kind of hard to believe that, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're dismissive of them and uh, they're right there. Yeah, I think um, it, a lot of that might actually go down to uh, Matt Ryan. He's... Uh criminally underrated in a sense um gets a lot of catches a lot of stick uh, but really it does carry that team like that team's on his shoulders every week he has to pick them up and, and get them going and you know what i mean it's he's pretty underrated in that kind of sense indeed not underrated as current reigning mvp aaron Rodgers, and now favored to be mvp back to back gets an 11th win for the packers on the road in baltimore and the first team in the NFL to clinch a playoff spot, and they are looking for that number one seed. But this one was a shootout down again to the final play. Baltimore go for two to win at 32-31, and again come up short, losing 31-30. to Yeah, a uh, big win for the Packers here. Um, you know, clinched, obviously, clinched the division in the playoffs. And it look, uh, looks like, um, at the moment, it looks like, uh, as them the number one seed, the road will go through Lambeau, making them uh, very formidable for the playoffs. As for the Ravens, you look, um, they actually play quite well, really. Uh, they put it up to uh, the Packers the whole way to the end of the game, um, which uh, is no mean feat. But yeah, came down to the two-point play. Again, Harbaugh catching a lot of slack this week uh you know probably rightly so look the players wanted to go for two they were in the moment it was the right decision obviously that falls on the coach then to catch the flack but uh look i still like the call um i think it's the right decision i like it john keep it up yeah look he put it up to the players the players said look coach we want to go for it. we can get it done they failed to do so, but uh, that could be down to the play calling too. I didn't like the play this week as much as I liked it last week. Uh, but yeah, look, if uh, if they both pay off, they're a ten-win team, and he looks like a genius. But uh, you know, it came out the other end. Yeah, exactly. So look, it's it's a flip of a coin play in a sense. Um, but uh, you know, I like it. I like going for the win. Um, you know what I mean? It's not. They're still in the playoff mix, so. You know, they can still bounce back from this. There's time left for them to, uh, you know, make it to the playoffs and still get ahead of this thing. For sure. Late on Sunday night was a big divisional matchup between the champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. The Saints shutting out the Bucs 9-0 in what was the absolute personification of a slugfest. Tom Brady... Shut out for the first time since 2006, when I'd say about 99% of the players of the league were not even in the league. Yeah, uh, crazy stat really there uh, with the, the shutout thing. But look, this was uh, an odd game. It was poor. Uh, obviously, it was only 9-0. Um, the box just looked bad. Um, you know, uh, Miss... Lost a lot of key players. We'll speak about that now in a few minutes. But, uh, yeah, 
It was uh, it was poor. The Saints, the Saints have had their number now several times. This is the second time they've beaten them this year. Bet them twice uh, last year in the regular season, and probably should have bet them in the playoffs last year. You know what I mean? Sean Payton has Tampa's number, and people just aren't really recognizing that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and the Saints obviously playing with Taysom Hill, a quarterback as well, and still uh, still get it done. Yeah, um, you know, pretty much the standout fantasy player here was uh, Marquise Callaway, he had a hundred yard receiving game. But uh, other than that, it was uh, it was pretty slow going. For sure. So then we moved on to Monday night. The rearranged match between the Cleveland Browns and Oakland Raiders came down to a last second field goal from Daniel Carlson, giving the Raiders a sixteen to fourteen win. Both teams finished the the weekend seven and seven on the season but this must be hugely disappointing to the cleveland browns who were picked by many probably to win that division and uh have a playoff run but now are going to find it tough to get in yeah um this is a pretty poor game overall um raiders did a nice job to just eke out the win in the end but uh yeah uh you know browns were being tipped up um you know pre-season oh they're going to be top of that division could make a nice playoff run, but look, we haven't seen that from them. You know, most weeks this year, they've been relatively poor for the expectation levels. And look, they just have a couple of, you know, a couple of key positions they're just really not good enough at. Um, yeah. Including, including quarterback uh, yeah. and receiver, really, outside of Landry. Probably, it's definitely a good move that they got rid of OBJ, but, you know, what's left there to essentially fill those boots um you know probably not good enough uh pretty much they're relying on on the run game and their all line but you know their d-line isn't good enough outside of miles garrett they don't have good you know they don't have outstanding linebackers by any means and you know their secondary is middling at best they have really bad off days and really good days then yeah as you, as you said about the quarterback that's just going to be a huge off-season uh uh, thing that they're going to have to look at. I mean, they haven't re-signed Baker to a long-term deal. He's heading into his final year of the contract, so you can imagine that if they don't sign him in the off-season, there's probably a holdout coming, and uh, hard to know what's going to happen with that Baker Mayfield situation. You know, are they going to pay? He's probably going to be looking for thirty-five million plus. You would have thought per season, and uh, he's hardly justified that. And the Browns have a, a huge decision to make. Yeah, but that's it. Like, I mean, we've seen it throughout the season. Obviously, he wasn't playing last uh, on Monday night. But, um, like, in the, you know, in the dog days when you have to put the team in your back and you have to eke out those wins, we've just blatantly seen that Baker's really not capable of it. And, you know, that's why they're a 7-7 seven and seven team and not, uh, you know, 10-4. and four. Those games that they should be eking out and winning... And the good teams win when they're not playing well. You know, we say this every week. But, you know, the Browns are just not capable of it. So, I mean, they, it's a huge decision about Baker. I mean, I don't even know. If they did resign him, I feel like even the basement price is going to be $25 million, And that's still too much. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think there's any doubt he's looking for 30 plus. But uh, And you also mentioned about uh, Odell Beckham. I mean, they had him in the team for two and a half years couldn't get anything going with him his first night out with the la rams and he's a superstar again i mean yeah three weeks the first coach. three weeks with the rams he's getting touchdowns 
Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Yeah, questions to be asked all around there. Or questions to be asked also in Chicago, who entertained the Vikings in the late game Monday night. This one, again, was just a slugfest. But the Bears come up short, losing 17-9. Minnesota had 61 net passing yards. That's their lowest in a win since 2012 but again the bears just can't get anything going yeah can't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball at all really um actually played really well on defense um you know essentially made made this a close game if the defense had played bad you know who knows what could have happened um but look we got nothing going on offense here uh, it was pretty dismal watching even for the neutral fan but uh Look, uh, we need a new um, GM and a new head coach. Uh, some of the play calling there is absolutely insane. And it was only kind of late in the fourth quarter that they were like, you know, took the shackles off fields. Uh, oh, start passing it downfield now. It's sure it's too fucking late now, lads. Like, yeah. what do we have to lose here in this season? Like, yeah. just let him pass the fucking ball. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather lose by 28 and have him throw four picks, but he has 50 attempts. I mean, let him look at defenses. Let him throw it down the field. Yeah. What do we have yeah. to lose here now? Do you know That's what I mean? It. It's a fucking joke. Four and ten. Like we don't even have a first round pick this year. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I, I look. I you have a lot of you have a lot of pieces there, but yeah, as you said, the play calling is just just atrocious. I yeah. mean, watching it the other night, I think I texted you just saying this is just it's oh, terrible it's... watching. Yeah, it's difficult. Every week um, is pretty much the same. And we get down late, then it's like, oh, let's start playing. Uh, it's too fucking late. And it's like they have no red zone playbook. We march down the field. We march down the field six times the other night. We get inside the 20, and we can't get a first down. Yeah, It's like they just don't know. They don't have a playbook for the last 20 yards of the field. Just because we don't get there that often doesn't mean you shouldn't have players drawn up for it. And it seems insane from a coach that was... Uh got the job off the back of the great job he did at Kansas City and then was coach of the year in his first year in Chicago and uh, it's just been a train wreck since. And it's not like we don't have gadget players there or a good running back or anything like that. We have all those. We have speedster guys. You can fucking do anything you want. Wildcat, fucking flea flickers, whatever the fuck you want. He's not doing anything. Oh, and I can feel the pain coming across. I can feel the pain. Elsewhere. On Tuesday night, the L.A. Rams took care of their divisional foe, uh, Seattle Seahawks, 20 points to 10. Cooper Cup got his 120th catch of the season, surpassing Hall of Fame wide receiver Isaac Bruce for the most of the season in L.A. Rams history. He is just uncoverable at the moment. Yeah, um, look, we've seen this pretty much every week. Um, it seems to be no one, no one can cover him, and even when they try and cover him, he still just finds all sorts of holes in your defense. Um, it's it's actually laughable some weeks how open he is. You know, you'd think a player of his caliber, you'd have at least two guys on him, and sometimes he catches the ball and there's no one within 20 yards of him. It's It's mad. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, the other news of note in that game, of course, is the... Russell Wilson is about to endure his first losing season since coming into the league way back in the early 2010s. And uh, 
that just might be the final straw for his uh, eventual trade out of Seattle. Yeah, don't see him in a Seattle jersey next year. Uh, they have been abysmal this year. Um, really poor uh, most weeks. And, you know, to be fair, he's been poor himself. But look, running for his life as per usual. And, you know, kind of not really backed up by a great running game either. I know they had a good game. Penny had a great game last week. But sure, he couldn't do anything again this week. Like, it was clearly just a flash in the pan. Indeed. And the finally, the Philadelphia Eagles hosted the Washington football team, came away with a win, 27-17. Jalen Hurts scored his 10th rushing touchdown of the season, surpassing the great Michael Vick, who had nine for the Eagles back in 2010. But the Eagles have got this rushing game moving, and they're beginning to chalk up the wins and be right in that playoff race. Yeah, uh, best running team in the league, um, have been for several weeks, um, now starting to get uh, Miles Sanders going, he seems to be over his injury now a bit, and obviously Hurts uh, is a great runner himself, but a uh, big win in a, a big divisional matchup. Keep Indeed them in the mix. Absolutely, absolutely, and of course, week 15, we talked about a lot of people missing via uh, the, the COVID outbreak, um, which we're going to see more of as we head into week 16, but there were some injuries, some devastating, some uh, keeping guys out for maybe a few weeks, but uh, none felt the uh, the pinch more this week than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, we'll start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Chris Godwin um, uh, tore his ACL. He is done for the year. Also, Leonard Fournette uh, suffering hamstring strains, seen on crutches after the game. Expect him to miss a couple of weeks. And also, Mike Evans getting hurt as well. Three, obviously, of the best skilled players on the team. All hurt, along with uh, Antonio Brown being out on his suspension injury type thing. Um, Some other uh, uh, serious-looking injuries were uh, Donald Parham in that Thursday night game, seemed to fall with no one hurt, uh, touching him and then was uh, frozen, seemed uh, uh, knocked out on the field. Um, when he uh, hit the ground, he was uh, stuck in one position, which is called uh, posturing. And as he'd been taken off the field on a spinal board, the camera seen him trembling, which is known as fencing. Now, he is obviously... Um, in the five-step concussion protocol, but he is okay and has been released from hospital, but I do not expect to see him this week. Another um, big uh, another big concussion um, this week was Pat Fairmoot uh, bounced his head really hard off the grass after taking a wallop. Uh, he is also in the five-step concussion protocol. Do not expect him to see him this week. That is his second time in concussion protocol this year. Not good for him. Along with Teddy Bridgewater also in concussion protocol. He was hit uh, while diving in the air and uh, bounced off the ground as well. He was out cold on the field. Taken to hospital as a precaution but uh, was released. Uh, Do not expect to see him this week. Another big uh, Achilles tear was Sterling Shepard, um, wide receiver for the New York Giants. He um, has not had the best of luck in injuries in his career. And look, uh, it's sad to see because uh, he's a really good player and 
you know, if this is a big one, he's obviously done for the season. Julio Jones re-injured his hamstring. It looks like the Titans will be sitting him for at least the, less, the rest of the regular season in the hopes that he could uh, do something in the playoffs. Nelson Aguilar also suffered a head injury. He is going to concussion protocol. Uh, we spoke earlier about Zane Gonzalez getting injured before uh, the Panthers game. Uh, and they had their kicker tryouts. He's going to miss at least a week, if not three. And last but not least, uh, Rondell Moore injured his ankle again. And he's going to miss some time, probably at one to three weeks also. Yeah, that's a, that was a really scary-looking um, concussion for Parham, all right? Uh, just the way he kind of landed. And yeah, it was kind of stuck in the position, all right? Scary to see. Julio Jones as well, dealing with this hamstring for two or three years now. I think for, for fantasy purposes, he uh, he may be done. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as you say, Sterling Shepard, I mean, that's, that's yeah, he's an outstanding receiver and just hasn't had any luck with the injuries. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that uh, torn Achilles is going to be tough to get back from. And, of course, uh, Chris Godwin playing on the franchise tag and uh, – you know, he's been putting up some serious weeks lately and uh, tough on him to be gone for the season. Yeah, definitely going to hurt his money in the off season and potentially won't be back for the start of next season. You know, it's pretty late in the year. Yeah, that's going to be tough, uh, tough for him to get over. All right. We're down to it. The wild card weekend of the Ball Steve Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Let's hit the rundowns. Uh. Yeah, week 15 brought with it the Bulls Deep Dynasty wild card playoffs in both the championship and the toilet bowl. Championship game one. So the below average Joe's division champion, that's so Ravens take on unnecessary roughness. And as Owen already said earlier, only one team seemed to survive the, uh, the hoodoo of the fantasy league in, team, in week 15, and that was that so Ravens, because they put it on a show business as usual. Only Gaskin, Knox, and Prater failed to hit double digits for them. Stafford, Robinson, Jacobs, Moore, Jimmy G, and the Cowboys D all got comfortably into double figures. And all these guys mentioned could have just won this match on their own, just about. But... They still have Cooper Cup to hit 34.7 points and Mark Andrews hit 35.6 to put exclamation points on a massive 63-point victory. Unnecessary Roughness had no answer and get nothing going as the weekend progressed. Josh Allen top scored at 20.8. Singletary and Komet hit 16 and 13 points respectively. And meanwhile, Mooney just got over 11 with Gay Bengals D and AJ Green each only scoring 10 points even. Bigger names like Najee Harris, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup and Taysom Hill would all fail to make an impact. And they would only combine for 23 points between them. Woof. Unnecessary roughness. We said it last week. They were up against it going into this one. They needed their players to ball out. But they got zero luck. That's so Ravens produce a first-round pummeling. 
they move on to the semi-finals unnecessary roughness into a fifth place playoff oh yeah you got shellacked here Alan <laughs> oh huge weekend from Stephen I mean as we uh, you know alluded to earlier um, he was just able to avoid uh, avoid the minefield that has been this week uh, week 15 and you know all his studs came out to play and they all balled out you know um, he's definitely one manager that was happy to see uh, James Robinson get the ball in his hand a bit this week and look as you said the coup, as we said many occasions Stafford Cup uh, you know Look, over 50 points between them again this week. It's, that stack has been lethal all year and uh, still uh, still flexing on people. Absolutely, yeah. Unstoppable stuff. And, uh, yeah, as I said, look, got no luck. on my, my, my big names just failed to turn out. And funnily enough, we didn't mention it earlier. We're talking about this bizarre week in fantasy. Through the first 10 games of Week 15 in the NFL, it was the lowest touchdown count in more than 25 years for a weekend of play. So that's, uh, so that's what happened. And uh, yeah, everyone else seemed to suffer, but Stephen didn't. And, uh, and fair play to him. Congratulations and good luck in the semis. Championship game two was a much closer affair as the mediocre football team took on Dalvin and the Chipmunks. Both had some good in this game and both had some bad mediocre football team. Had a good charger one-two punch of Herbert and Eckler gain over 42 points between them, while the Patriots stack of Jones and Myers combined for over 30. However, these four would account for about 60% of their total score. Kamara, Conklin, Kicker and Defense would all combine for just 15.8 points, and Jerry Judy would sign off with a goose egg. In response, Dalvin and the Chipmunks would see double-digit scoring from Cook, Diggs, Burrow, kicker and defense. But Diggs would be their highest scorer with just 13.5 points. Big names like Prescott, Barkley, Chase, Ayuk and Connor would all fail to get 10 points this week. Each of them would have usually done that in weeks gone by. Heading into Monday night... Dalvin and the Chipmunks are 20 points behind with only tight end Everett to play, while the mediocre football team had DK Metcalf, and Metcalf outscored Everett by just 1.2 points, but it eased mediocre football team to a 21-point victory. Mediocre football team, they're off to the other semifinal. Dalvin and the Chipmunks will meet my unnecessary roughness for a fifth, sixth place battle. Yeah, you know, pretty tough going here for both teams. Um, bit of a slug match uh, with, uh, you know, the poor week. Uh, a lot of big names. You know, Dalvin Cook was held by the Bears to a, a modest day. Barkley never got it going against Dallas. You know, Quiddy's pretty unlucky here. Uh, also hurting him is Chase Edmonds being back for Arizona. Uh, definitely uh, hurting James Conner's touches. But uh, look, some nice scoring here um, from Adam. There's a couple of, couple of st- uh, standout ones with Herbert, uh, Eckler, and um, Mac Jones. You know, they he, he was able to he was able to pull it out, get the win. Um, Christian Kirk had a nice day as well. So uh, gets enough done um, despite uh, all the duds. A lot of duds going on here. 
But, uh, you know, the good teams win on their bad days. That's what we always there say. There you have it. There you have it. Well, then we focus our attention to the Toilet Bowl playoffs. Game one saw the highest seed Walking Dead take on the green, stale human beings. Walking Dead's late season playoff run came to a sudden end week 14, but they came out swinging with Schultz for 20-plus. Elliot Williams, Lawrence Boswell, and the Dolphins D hit double-figure Sunday, and Peoples Jones did it on Monday. Only Pittman and Claypool scoring a measly 1.7 and 1.9 points respectively would be the only black marks here. Not so for Green Sales Human Beings. Pitts, Booker and Adams would all hit double figures and Patrick Mahomes would be the shining light with 29.6 points on the week. But Patterson, Johnson, McLeod, Shepard, Tannehill, Butker and the Bucks D would all each fail to hit double figures. But despite this, Greensdale human beings held a 10-point lead as we headed into the Eagles game on Tuesday night. Jalen Hurts, however, would gain 26.64 points and lead the Walking Dead to a 16-point win. Walking Dead move into a 7th-8 playoff playoff, uh, game, while a 5th straight loss for the Greensdale human beings Moves them into a toilet bowl semi-final. Yeah, um, in a you know in a poor enough week of scoring, this was actually uh, one of the more entertaining uh, of the games. Really nice scoring from Keane in the end of this one. Um, obviously you uh, said Jalen Hurts bringing it home strong for him. Um, you know getting that win. You know we Green's been on the slide. We've mentioned in previous weeks. Uh, you know injuries. Uh, haven't been his friend for certain and look uh he's definitely going to be uh you know sore after this one it always hurts when you lose to keen so uh you know a nice little uh, family rivalry there so uh yeah he's going to be hearing about this one for a little while he needs to rally quick before uh his uh bad semi-final next week indeed well, toilet ball game two was the rematch between QB anti-vax and kick in the squibs that we had all wanted. And the closest game of the weekend it turned out to be. Both teams only had one player each hit over 20 points. And both teams led, left said players on their bench. The Vikings defense would top score for kick in the squids through the first 14 games of the weekend with 17 points. Murray, Chubb, Ertz and Fields would hit double figures while Beasley and Hopkins failed to fire. For QB anti-vax, their top score would also be their defense with the Colts D racking up 16 points. Cousins, Fournette, Brown and Fant would hit double figures while Wentz, Hilton, Zerline and Mixon would fail to reach 10 each. And so to Tuesday night, Eagles be the Washington football team and Rams be the Seahawks. This was Gibson, Jefferson, Henderson and OBJ for the Squibs. V. McLaurin and Dallas for the QB anti-vax who had a five-point lead heading in. The Squibs-Rams triple threat would only combine for 11.7 points. Dallas and McLaurin would combine for 21.2 points. But it would be Antonio Gibson's 18.5 point performance. 
that swings it for a flexing kick in the squibs and leads them to a 4.52 point win and sweep for the 2021 season over his rivals. Kicking the squibs move on to the 7-day playoff game against the Walking Dead. While a third loss in the trot, second loss to the squibs for QB Antivax moves them into a toilet bowl semi-final and a ruined Christmas at the hands of his nemesis. Uh, we spoke uh, five weeks ago about... Um... You know, potentially I put the first nail in the coffin of, uh, you know, Ben's QB anti-vaxxers playoff hopes. And it's it turned out that I did do that. And now here we are, week 15, in the toilet bowl playoffs. Me against Ben again. And we send him right down. Oh, man. Is it good? <laughs> Woo! He's probably looking a little flushed today. Absolutely flushed. Oh, total facial. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bren. I got this special for you. <laughs> and of course, Owen, Owen, you're glad not to have the... Uh... The toilet bowl uh, hanging over your head uh, as you enjoy your Christmas dinner. Absolutely, yeah. No stress, no fuss now. Uh, this weekend, a nice little matchup. Myself and Keen should be a bit of fun, but uh, no stress, no fuss. Uh, it's going to be a good week. Merry, Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> well, let's see how Christmas is shaping up for everyone else. Let's look at the road ahead. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Well, it's semi-final week in the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League. And a championship game one sees top seed. I got this. I really do come back into action after their bye. And they take on the mediocre football team in what could be a doozy. Equally. Game two sees second seeds Kenneth Killers off there by taking on third seed That's So Ravens in what could be a shootout. Now, we lined this one up for a shootout just a few weeks ago, and that's not how it turned out, but uh, ooh, it's all on the line this week. And elsewhere, uh, Dalvin and the Chipmunks take on unnecessary roughness in a fifth place decider. But two juicy semifinals here on. Yeah, oh, super exciting actually. Um, this I think the matchups actually felt really nice here now as well. Um, two really interesting games. Two, uh, you know, obviously Ross and and Kieran got the buys last week. Uh, I hope they didn't take too much time off now. Uh, I hope they were scouting ahead, had their scouts at all the games, and you know, <laughs> spies at training, all sorts. Absolutely, yeah, but. Uh... Yeah, it, it they really avoided that week fifteen mire that some of the rest of us had to go through, which is uh, which is pretty nice. Yeah, definitely with the way the week turned out, um, nice uh, that they didn't have to uh, slog it out. Although you know Ross actually probably would have had a nice week, uh, 
uh, outside of uh, all the uh, COVID and injuries and all such. But uh, yeah, look, they got through that. Uh, hopefully, we're a bit more back to normal this week. Um, we want to see some, uh, you know, high-scoring games. You know, we don't want these sluggy shootout ones. We want that uh, high-flying. Let's get everyone over two hundred points. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> indeed, indeed, it will. And at the bottom end, The Walking Dead and Kick in the Squibs navigated the first round successfully and faced each other in a seventh-place playoff matchup. That's where bottom seeds, injured reserve, come off the bye week and take on a bruised and battered QB anti-vax looking up to looking to take out their frustration like a drunk man at Christmas. Elsewhere, I might have to trade. Also, off thereby, take on a free-falling Greensdale's human beings now on a five-game squid. The losers, of course, of these two semifinals will take on each other to see who is the inaugural Balls Deep Dynasty Toilet Bowl champion where we tick into 2022 a week this Sunday. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's there's a lot on the line. I, obviously, uh, let's go team injured reserve. Um, but look, <laughs> um, look, no one wants to be the, uh, you know, this, no one wants to, you know, win the scrote ball next week. <laughs> no one wants to be in it. So a lot to play for. I know it's... Uh, it's the festive season, and uh, there might be some stuff going on. But you better, uh, you better have your lineup set. Absolutely, you better. Okay. With that, we were also in Wild Card Weekend, and if you're not first, your last league. So let's head there. If you ain't first, you're last. Man, there were some cracking matchups in the if you're not first your last first round of the playoffs this week. The blowout of the week was by just 10 points. As it came down to the narrowest victory was just by 0.62 points. The blowout of the week came from stats the way you like it. We're scheduled to get 179 points. Ended up with 115. They beat Unnecessary Roughness, who were scheduled for 178, got 105. Devastating loss. I, ha- I thought I had this one in the bag for so long, but just, just lost grip of it in the yeah, last few days. It was just that week. Never got, never got it going. Yeah, just never got it going. The other wild card game, of course, was between Keen's fantasy football team. And Ben's my ball, Zach Ertz. And it was a high-scoring shootout. The fantasy football team winning it. 176.5 to 171.5. A double L for Ben also this week. (laughs) Yeah, I feel your pain, Ben. I feel your pain. Well done, Keen. Yeah. Keen marches on to face... To face Mr. Meek Seeks and the Destroyers. Mr. Green looking for revenge after his loss in the Dynasty this week. While Kenneth Killers come off their bye week also in this uh, in this league to face Ross's stats the way you like it. Two more really good games set up there. 
in the toilet bowl. We had the narrowest victory of the week. Hot Chub Time Machine beats Deck to the Future by 0.62 points, avoids the toilet bowl match and goes into a 7th place playoff. In that 7th place playoff, they will face Dalton and the Chipmunks as they beat Owns suckiest bunch of sucks by just two points despite starting a clearly injured Lamar Jackson and they avoid the toilet bowl they, sh- they sure did suck last night Al I mean there's, there's not much more I can say it's a bad week um, it's not ideal I have the stresses of toilet bowl issues over here um, it's not ideal it's not ideal I'll tell you it is not Owen faces Andrew suckiest bunch of sucks Faces deck to the future to see who is, if you're first, if you're not first, your last Toilet Bowl champion this weekend. It looks like it could be me. <laughs> it could be. I need some help. You gotta bring it out. You sure do. You sure do. All right, things are really beginning to boil now in both leagues. Big, big matchups in Week 16. Lots of still uh, COVID-related absences. You really got to check uh, how things are panning out as the week goes on. Set those lineups. Uh, you know, claim those waivers. Whatever you need to do to uh, to claim those victories, avoid those toilet bowls, claim those championship spots, and uh, yeah, have a very merry Christmas at the same time. <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely going to be a, a tricky week you want to be on the ball um you know i feel like it's going to be something similar on last week uh there is some games on saturday so keep an eye on that as well get those yeah. players uh in, in in and out of your lineups as you see fit and two games christmas night yeah and a game thursday night and uh, a lot of games then stevens's night when people will uh, no doubt have a lot of family stuff going on so make sure you yeah. as you say Trying to keep an eye on those lineups. Maybe set an alarm to just check your lineups uh, around half five on Sunday evening. Um, you know, people will probably be getting merry and the likes. So, uh, you know, enjoy yourselves. Uh, have a merry Christmas. Uh, with with nothing to play for, I shall be getting merry around half five. <laughs> uh, I could be drowning my sorrows by Sunday night. <laughs> Look, uh, happy Christmas to everyone. I uh, hope you have a good time, a safe time. Mind yourselves, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll enjoy the football again this week. Best yeah, of luck absolutely. to those uh, semi-finals. Absolutely, yeah, guys. Thank you very much for a great season so far. Happy Christmas to you all. We'll speak to you before the new year and review where we stand heading to week seventeen and the championship finals. Until next week. We'll talk to you then. Adios. Bye.